A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne, and all the nations will be assembled before him, and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. A stranger, and you welcomed me. Naked, and you clothed me. Ill, and you cared for me. In prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them in reply, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for one of the least brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you accursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. A stranger, and you gave me no welcome. Naked, and you gave me no clothing. Ill, and in prison, and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or ill, or in prison, and not minister to your needs? He will answer them, Amen, I say to you, what you did not do for one of these least ones, you did not do for me, and these will go off to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. We come to the end of the church year and the final teaching in Matthew's Gospel. In chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus began by pronouncing blessed on the despised and bereft, and now closes by announcing his presence in them. The passion begins in the next chapter. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne. When will we see the Son of Man in glory? In the very next chapter. After the Last Supper with his disciples, Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane and brought before the Sanhedrin for a late-night interrogation by the high priest Caiaphas. As Jesus remained silent during the examination, 
Caiaphas grew frustrated, eventually saying, I put you under oath before the living God. Tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Jesus' response is extraordinarily significant. You have said so, but I tell you, from now on, you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of the power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Jesus is borrowing language from the book of Daniel, but notice how he makes the application immediate. From now on, you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of God and coming in the clouds of heaven. Jesus isn't talking about some future coming at the end of the age. Christ's enthronement takes place in his passion and death on the cross. On the cross, God is the one who is revealed in weakness and vulnerability. Jesus is asserting that the very situation of powerlessness and non-retaliation he now occupies is somehow reflective of the divine nature, and in the immediate future, he will sit beside God, judging humanity in and through nonviolence. By stating it the way he did, Jesus is saying, You will see the new world of divine nonviolence established on earth through what is happening right now. God is one who comes to us in our sufferings and imperfections. We might call it God's kingdom, because Christ's love turns us toward the least of our brothers and sisters. The reading from the prophet Ezekiel describes a divinely led search and rescue operation. God takes the initiative in restoring the lost and broken. This is at the heart of what Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel calls divine pathos. Unlike ancient Greek philosophers, the prophets did not perceive of God as cold, dispassionate, and standing at a distance from the realities of the world. Heschel describes divine pathos as the way in which God is affected by the brokenness of the world. The God of the prophets is one who is vulnerable, who participates in the grief of those who suffer, and whose primary response to injustice is not anger, but anguish. The world is not the way God intended it to be. God is moved to redeem and restore God's creation. Mary proclaims God's pathos when she sings in the Magnificat, God has thrown down the rulers from their thrones, but lifted up the lowly. The hungry he has filled with good things, the rich he has sent away empty. In Matthew chapter 20, Jesus said, Whoever wishes to be great among you must be your servant. Jesus himself leads the way as the servant of the poor. By chapter 25, Jesus' identification with the poor 
is so complete that he is now one of them. When was it we saw you, Lord? The beauty of the question is that it is asked by both the righteous, who are unaware of the good they have done, and by the accursed, who are unaware that they've done anything wrong. God asks us to see ourselves and our world in a new way. The solemnity of Christ the King is young. It was only established by Pope Pius XI in 1925, in the wake of the First World War, the greatest calamity the world had witnessed in centuries. Father David Neuhaus, a Jesuit priest living in Jerusalem, continues his reflection on the war in Gaza in an article published last week in America magazine. The current military confrontations in the Holy Land are accompanied by a war to control public opinion at home and abroad. The rhetoric used on both sides basically denies the other side's humanity. The Church has no armies and little political influence, but it has a tool of utmost importance, the Word. Throughout the long decades of conflict between Israelis and Palestinians, the Church has developed a discourse that opens up a horizon quite different from the one of hate. The Church can be prophetic in reminding all that every human being, yes, even a Hamas militant or a Zionist settler, is created in the image and likeness of God. The Church can remind humanity, and especially Israelis and Palestinians, that we are all called to a different path, one of justice, peace, equality, and reconciliation, rather than that of war, violence, vengeance, and hatred. The Church can afford to be naive and promote the belief that tomorrow can be different from today, that the mistakes of yesterday do not need to condition the fate of humanity. David pointed to the dramatic witness of the Latin patriarch in Jerusalem, Cardinal Pizzaballa, who in response to a question from a journalist offered himself in exchange for the Israeli children held hostage by Hamas. In solidarity with the suffering, Cardinal Pizzaballa would no doubt also offer himself in exchange for the Palestinian children buried under the bombs dropped in Gaza. In the words of Gerard Manley Hopkins, For Christ plays in ten thousand places, lovely in limbs and lovely in eyes not his, to the Father through the features of men's faces, so that, in the end, God may be all in all.